Welcome to Church Jams Now, the show where former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music of the 90s and 2000s. Thousands, thousands, thousands. My name is Kyle Savage. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts. And with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Smith, Smith, Smith. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. We're in different time zones. Oh, man. I know. You're your neighbors with Josh zone. now. Speaking of my Texas buddy, our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, Josh, in the Texas time zone with Kylan. You did your kind of radio voice intro again. You did that on a recent episode. No, I was on the audio A one. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to live in the energy. Uh, yeah. Keep your, yeah. Keep the bring energy. it up. Bring it We're up. We're here for you. Know? It. Bring it up. Bring I, it up. Bring it up. Keep it live, baby. Yeah. So what are we doing, guys? We're doing a podcast. We're making a podcast. What are we talking about? Uh, do we have any old business we need to attend to before diving into new business? Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about Patreon bot defeating the Instagram algorithm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's some that's some fun news. We got locked out of our Instagram account. And the, th- the unfortunate thing is we like don't have a lot of followers, but we have more engagement on Instagram than any other social platform. Like, yep. I think we have like 17 followers on Twitter. And who knows who's engaging with us on Facebook. So Instagram is like primarily how we promote. But Go I don't to. think anyone yeah. I don't think anyone noticed that <laughs> we were gone. But it was like the most stressful thirty-six or seventy-two hours because Instagram couldn't verify that the people using our account were over thirteen years old. Yeah. And it's like, listen, we know the music that we are talking about is music that we listened to when we were 13. Right. Actually, I I, I, do the math. Well, there's there's a picture we were looking at. There's a picture on our Instagram feed of me feeding my baby (laughs) with a full beard. Maybe that's what confused the algorithm. They They thought thought that you were Willow Willow was (laughs) running church jams now. I don't know, dude, but I tweeted at Instagram from the Church Jams Now account and said, help, I swear we're not three children in uh, trench coats pretending to do a grown-up podcast. I kept thinking but of... maybe uh, we should try that. We should try it that. It could. Keller, Ezra, and Willow could pull it off. Oh, that's our first live show. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, it'll be like... Uh, Big beard. TG, what's his name? Vincent Adult Man on BoJack Horseman. Yes. I love Vincent Adult Man. But, you know, the thing is, there was no one to talk to. There's no customer support because everything is part of an algorithm and they flagged it somehow. And there was an automated process you could use to appeal it. And every time I tried to submit my ID to confirm that I am indeed over 13, it would say, "Uh, sorry, an error has occurred. Please try again in 24 hours. And then every day I would log in and it says it started out. You have 30 days before your account is permanently suspended. You have 29 days. No. 28 days. And it was like Ah. so stressful. But I was able to, you know, use Patreon bot to jack into the mainframe. Right. And instead of entering the matrix, Patreon bot entered the algorithm. Yes. And and took them down. Just like when R2 is getting into the Death Star. Yes. Was that in Last Jedi? Yes. (laughs) My favorite Star Wars movie. I'm pretty sure they've they've used that bit like every episode, every that's every true. piece of Star Wars content, R2 saves the day. Just like Patreon bot has saved the day once again for us. So many times. All praise the bot. Thank goodness for Patreon bot. Cool. Yeah. So that was our Instagram 
drama. <laughs> yeah, Instagram drama. And yeah, like I said, I don't think anyone even noticed that we were gone because we post infrequently. But we noticed. Are still trying to figure out how social media works. So if you like this, tell all your friends, as the kids say. <laughs> That's how it works. Right? We're the three millennials that don't know how to use social media very well. For real. I'm pretty proud of that fact. I take it as a badge of honor. Well, I tried I tried to update our, our Foursquare account, and I got locked out of that too. But Foursquare to me is that game that you play in sixth grade with the big rubber ball. Uh, I have been using uh, Church Jam's now Yelp account and, and leaving reviews of... <laughs> of different Italian restaurants across the country, hoping to hoping to gain some popularity that way. Have you had much traction? Some guerrilla marketing right there. <laughs> it's like, man, the pizza was great. If you love the calzones, <laughs> check out Church Jams now. Love- we just covered <laughs> Under Oath <laughs> in Albuquerque, New Mexico. At, with at a calzone, then to find the great line. What a wonderful pair. I might actually do that now. That might work. Who knows? <laughs> The service was great. Five stars. Check out our podcast. The pig squeals really mirror the sound that your guts are going to make after you eat at this place. Uh, I love it. Uh, What are we doing? Uh, Josh, I think this episode is going to be your bread and butter, man. It sounds like it. It sounds like I have hijacked this episode for my own nostalgia trip and personal uh, joyride back to seventh grade. That's right. Dragging TJ and Kylan along with me. You did agree to this, though. We did. That's true. Well, it's because we had something else planned tonight that fell through. (laughs) So now it's Josh time. Yeah, Jammers, we're entering the beautiful producer zone. Welcome in. Get cozy. Pull up a chair. Grab a beverage. Oh, I went went Twilight Zone. You went like... I like that. No, I like us making Twilight Zone, but calm. Cozy. But calm. Cozy Cozy, cozy, zone. Cozy zone. zone. I like the Cozy Zone. This is actually a backdoor pilot for Josh's new podcast called The Cozy Zone. Cozy Zone. I'm for it. Where, of course, we're going to talk about Pillar. <laughs> Heck yeah. The coziest of all bands. Honestly. Uh, it kind of is. Yeah. So we're talking about Fireproof. This is another 2002 album, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. So it's celebrating its 28th year. So that's kind of why we put it on the docket. This Crazy. was on my wish list as well, which... Listeners out there, Kyle and TJ and I have a wish list of all the albums that we really want to cover that were big for us growing up. And so this is definitely on mine. It only appears on mine. So <laughs> Kyle and so TJ this our may first... not have much. <laughs> yeah. Is this our first uh, wish list record? I mean, Two Lefts was the... kind of the original wish list, I would right. say. The instant right. But... I would say Two Lefts and, and Take Me to Your Leader. Yeah, kind of... that was my number one um... for my wish list episode. Okay. That was the thing when when we were trying to put together our wish list. I was like, well, I mean, we already covered Jesus Freak and Take Me to Your Leader and Two Lefts and Cities. And those were all big wish list ones for me. Right. But I have Larry Boy on my current <laughs> wish list. Coming so. soon to a Church Champs Now Near You. So if anyone listening needed a reason to stick around with our podcast, it's Larry yeah. Boy. I'm excited to talk about the production of that album. I'm sure Josh has all kinds of great facts about the producers. It's probably like oh, Steve Taylor's wait. brother or someone <laughs> produced It's all just Larry Phil Fisher, <laughs> the voice of Bob. Love it. So, yeah, we're talking about 2002's Fireproof. 
by Pillar. Do we want to go right into facts about the band? Do we want to talk about what we remember? I'm, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to ask. I just want to give it over to Josh. This is your podcast, buddy. All right, take it away, beautiful producer in this show. Well, you're driving. I'm driving. Well, I think we'll go into our facts and our research. We don't have a ton, so that should allow us to maybe spark some conversation and kind of get familiarized, get you guys caught up with it. So to start out, Pillar is a Christian rock band from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Another Oklahoma band, Neighbors to Mercy Me. I wonder if they ever played a show together when they were starting out. Man, can you imagine? It'd be great. <laughs> First Baptist Tulsa, booking Pillar and Mercy Me. They maybe, I'd go to I that could, double bill. I could imagine it. I mean, who else is playing sure. in Oklahoma? For sure. Like, in the mid-90s. Charlie Hall? I don't who know. Who else did they have? Like, <laughs> is he from Oklahoma, too? I don't know. They're just He's just he got a vibe he seems like he's a, from Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say Kansas or Oklahoma. That sounds yeah. about right. Pillar's career longevity was from 1998 to 2015-ish. Um, they haven't done an album since 2015. Their Instagram is still active. They received a RIAA certified gold single for Frontline, I think within the last two years, and they posted about it. So their Instagram is active, but they haven't done a record since 2015. So it seems That's like a long time. pretty inactive. Yeah. The members for this record are Rob Beckley, who did the vocals for the whole time in the band, Noah Henson, who did guitar. This was his first record with the band, but he stayed with them throughout the rest of their career. Michael Wittig, uh, he goes by Kal-El, who is like, like Superman. Superman's, that Superman's Yeah. Isn't it isn't Wait, that no, Superman's no. name? Jor-El is his, his dad, right? Jor-El is the his dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. Is it Kal-El or Kalel? It's Kal-El, right? Kal-El. Kal-El. Yeah. 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 When I was a kid, I did not know that was Superman, so I thought that was his real name because that's what he <laughs> put in like the liner notes for all of his stuff. He played bass from 1998 to 2008 he wasn't on their 2009 record but then he was back for their 2015 record i got to meet him at a show in like 2008 ish or whatever and for listeners out there if you guys remember there's a video for bring me down on the record after this one where kal-el or michael is playing a bass that has light up frets on it which Ooh, I thought was the coolest thing as a kid. And I, I still like, think that's the coolest no, thing. No, it is cool. How many adult. times have you seen that? Yeah. So I met him and I was like, oh man, your bass with the light up frets in that music video was so cool. And he was like, oh yeah, man, you want to buy it from me? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and that was like my first glimpse behind the curtain of like, right. Of Maybe what these bands Christian rock like. artists aren't just like <laughs> aren't making a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gonna sell so his, his tricked out bass just <laughs> to, to like make rent. random kid. <laughs> <Some> kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Man. that is great. It's a true you, story. So wait, did you buy it? You should hit him up, see if it's still for sale. We'll, okay, we'll, I looked we'll these guys CK up on money. Instagram. Okay, he's like a like a fitness trainer now and like an actor. Of course he uh, is. No, he's like ripped now and he's got like 100,000 oh followers on Instagram. So I'm like, okay, he's doing pretty good Man, for himself. Like a fitness influencer. Yeah, yeah. Man. So he's he's doing pretty good. He probably sold that base and used that money to start his <laughs> To start personal. his fitness. If I would have bought that base, I would have kept him from achieving his fitness dreams. I know. <laughs> it's a good thing I did it. <laughs> So oh fun anecdote for that. Oh my gosh, I love that. And then for drums on this record, we have Brad Noon, who was their drummer. And this was his last record in the band uh, before their longtime drummer, Lester Estelle, came into the band. So he's not on this record. Lester, that's yeah. right. I remember Lester. He plays yeah. for Kelly Clarkson. He's a very talented guy, but he played in Pillar from like 2003 to now-ish. 
whatever wow. you however long you say they're still active or not so but he's not on this record so the drums are probably not going to be as up to par if you're familiar with later pillar stuff let's talk about the record it was released may 21st 2002 which is great because we're recording this right before that happens so as we're listening to this record we get to experience it turning 20 <laughs> while wow. we listen to it which is wow. a big deal for me i don't know it's obviously not a big deal for y'all. <laughs> Time is arbitrary to me. I don't know. You could have told me this album came out 35 years ago, and I'd be like, "Wow, time is a flat circle." I don't know. <laughs> I still think I still think 2008 was like five years ago. Uh, so this is turning 20 years old. Wow, this is turning 20. It was re-released with an alternate cover and a rearranged track list on June 10th of 2003. So a little over a year later, because I guess this album had kind of caught traction. So they decided to remaster it, rearrange the track list, which that is something because I know we do alternate track lists of our yeah. own, but I thought it'd be fun for this record if we compare the two track lists of the original 2002 track list versus the 2003 re-release yeah. track list. Because that's something we haven't done that's before. That's true. Well, at this point, the 2003 one is the more popular one. That's what's on Spotify that's what probably most people are more familiar with. I had the 2002 original one, so I'm more familiar with that one. But the 2003 is probably what everyone knows as the mm. standard one. This was released on Flickr Records, which was a record label started by Audio Adrenaline. Oh. And it had other bands, kind of like a tooth and nail kind of competitor, if you will, that had bands like Bleach, Fireflight, Gets in the Way, Staple on it. So kind of like nice tooth and nail-esque rock band. So they were like the Pepsi to tooth and nails Coke. <laughs> exactly. Or the RC so Cola. The that RC Cola perfect. to <laughs> tooth and nails That's Coke. a better, that's probably a better <laughs> description. Yes. I like Bleach. I always just, I forget. I forget about Bleach. I do love RC Cola. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the producer who was Travis Wyrick, who's done Disciple, Spoken, Inhale, Exhale. So he's pretty much like in this realm it's pretty oh, okay he's, yeah. he's in this wheelhouse with the christian rock kind of sound Heck yeah. yeah charts we have debuted on billboard 200 at 139 which is okay. pretty impressive billboard christian was number nine i don't think this is their most popular record i think the one that after this was their big one but this was my intro to them spotify stats fireproof the big one has 4.4 million listens on spotify wow. right now and then after that we dropped to a little less than half a million for Echelon and a little over 300,000 for Behind Closed Doors. So the rest of this record does That's not a get a lot up. of love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be interesting going back as we uh, listen to this to see if there is a big drop off. That's all I really got for info. So my personal connection to Pillar is that... I have always thought that they were cutlass. <laughs> Explain. I don't know. I'm just like, I've always conflated those two bands in my brain forever. I did the same thing with Biller <laughs> and Project 86. Oh, okay. That one makes They're the I same see that band one. to me. They're the same. Like, in fact, Josh, when you were like, let's do Pillar, I was like, oh, yeah, Project 86. Cool. Like, I thought Pillar in my mind, but what I was like envisioning was Project 86. Project 86. So for me, I think it's the band. it's the the fireproof album cover has the, the the font, the pillar font that they have. Yeah, is that sort of like sharp metal thing, and and Cutlass had a similar logo design. So nothing to do sonically, just strictly like 
aesthetically. Aesthetic, aesthetically, yes. What's the what's that jean brand that was like really alty? The company, lucky? like the store in the mall. No, that was There's like lucky. it's like bro clothes. Yeah, it's not lucky, but it's like lucky, right? Yeah, but it's more like grungy, like yeah, and um, like like lots of distressed stuff. The belt, something, something with a belt. The belt uh-huh. loop or belt buckle. The buckle. The buckle. The buckle. The buckle. <laughs> Guys, buckle. the buckle. That's it. The buckle. You got it, man. Oh Good job. Gosh. Thank you. Woo! Buddy, trace I got that. Way too excited. <laughs> Good going. Sorry. No, I'm so glad you figured that out because I was blanking on the name, and that's exactly like the aesthetic that I picture: like pillar, cutlass. Project 86, dude rock, buckle, yeah. wallet chain. I don't know why, but I just, that's all just in there yeah. together in the same For sure. arena. Like proto Ed Hardy kind of. Yes. Dude bro, rock and roll vibe. And I, I think one of the reasons Pillar never landed with me is because like, sort of like I talked about in our Striper episode, I have too much association with like that kind of music and like kids that wanted to beat me up. This was like the next generation of kids that wanted to beat me up was like music that sounded like this they were into it and so i was like no run run and hide tj this is not for you this is for all the all the jerks out there that want to pound you into a pulp outside the school at the end of the day and then listen to this music as they drive away in their sweet camaro (laughs) were you in a john hughes movie yeah i was but Josh, I want you to redeem this for me. I feel like you have the power. If anyone has the power to like make this work for me, it's you. Let me talk this record up for you. Okay, so Please. this was a big record for me. Uh, one of my friends gave me this CD in which I had the original 2002 CD, which has, which has horrendous artwork on it. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have to talk about both of those a little bit. But he gave it to me in seventh grade. And when it graced my ears in seventh grade, I was like, this is the heaviest thing I have ever encountered in my life. Totally. I mean, I was just getting out of like the newsboy, Stephen Curtis Chapman, DC talk stuff. I was like listening to Reliant K a little bit. So this was like next level. It was next level. There wasn't much heavy stuff that I had encountered until this point. So whenever I got it and I feel like it was pretty early on, it may have been 2003, but I think it was like before they were like maybe really catching fire, if you will, pun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they could if they're fireproof. Oh, that's true. That's maybe why they never like made into the mainstream. <laughs> they were fireproof. They could never catch fire. <laughs> they couldn't catch on. <laughs> In a cultural sense. Looking at this original album art, I, I can see maybe why. Okay, well, but I thought cool that original album art was cool. I thought it was awesome. Oh, I forgot my Rob Beckley anecdote because I had that one for Kal-El, for Michael, the bass player. When I was a kid, I would play Madden NFL 2004. And that was like where you could like make your team, you make your own team, oh, you can yeah. make your own players. So I would make my own players of like band people I listened to. So I remember <laughs> Rob Beckley was a guy that I made that was on my made up football team for Madden 2004, oh, along with Trevor it. from TFK and Amazing. I'm sure a couple other guys. So that's the best football team ever. Rob Beckley, <laughs> Trevor from TFK, a bunch of other guys. <laughs> John Elway was in there inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So this record was a big deal for me. It felt like a gateway for getting into like some heavier music. I wasn't into Pillar for like a super long time. By the time their next album came out, I feel like I had kind of moved on. But this was like 
a big stepping stone record for me. Right. That's why like I've been excited to revisit it and kind of get back into it and hear it again 20 something years later. No, 20 years later. 20 years later. It was probably Literally, 19, that was like the whole later. thing you just told us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I remember the song Fireproof. I feel like Same. That was sort of the de facto youth group countdown song 100%. for a long time. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember this era of like they would have in the sanctuary or the youth group room or whatever, they'd have the projectors. Oh, yeah. And then it would have a countdown that would always start like before youth group started. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this was the song that always started playing. Uh, and then it would get kind of louder and louder and then finish and then youth group would be started. That's kind of what I associate it with. It's kind of right up there for me with like Rock Fist by TFK. Completely. Definitely. That sort of like pump your fist, like heavy Christian rock. Drop D riffage. Yeah. Yeah. I know nothing about. Jamming for Jesus. Jamming for Jesus. I like that. Yeah. I know nothing about the rest of this record. Yeah. I also can remember next to nothing. Are there any slow songs, Josh, do you that you remember or is it all just like hit you in the face like axe body spray rock and roll? <laughs> it's a perfect way to describe. It. <laughs> um I do know the last song further, which is the last song on both track lists is slow. I'm very familiar with like the first six songs on the original track list, so I know they're all like I remember them all being bangers. I don't really remember the second half that well. So I don't know if like I was just a kid and like couldn't pay attention that long or if the second half is a little a steep drop off. That'll be interesting as we kind of get into the track list because the 2003 one kind of changes the songs around a little bit. So I think just looking at it, it looks like it kind of stretches out like the hits to where you get some in the front and some in the back half. Whereas the original track list was like all front loaded because I don't remember the second half very well. At all. So that'll be very interesting to get into. But I do know they do have at least one song that's a little slow. Mm. Okay. How long is this record? No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Because I think that's going to affect my flopper bop prediction. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Okay, cool. I don't know if this will affect your flopper bop prediction, but I think this is the first new metal record we're covering. Yeah. Which, you know, as a genre has aged wonderfully mm-hmm. to our current state in 2022. So... <laughs> I think as we approach this record for Flopperbot predictions, we'll have to do the same kind of, I think, caveat that we did for the Striper episode. That's kind of like, this is a genre. Yeah, this is a genre that's very much fallen out of popularity. So I think we'll have to judge it outside of that as much as we can. Yeah, I think I think just having some context of like that genre in general, you know. So by that metric, it's like maybe we all have to have a shining gold standard of like what new metal should be like what the ideal is right yeah this is an interesting concept this is something that we haven't necessarily gotten into because up till now you know because we typically kind of collectively pick the records that we talk about and a lot of our flop or bop is solely based on our opinion because as tj likes to say that i said uh that's all we've got (laughs) But yeah, now I feel like we've been doing this for a little bit and we're kind of moving into like like we did with the Striper episode and like we're doing with this into maybe specific genres that, you know, we're aren't necessarily our favorites. I don't know 
then yeah, does that change how we have our flopper bop standards? Yeah, I feel like a lot of it for me is going to have to do with like whether I can respect it on some level, even if it's not my favorite music, I can still there, there's a lot of music out there that I don't like that I can still respect. Right. And I think that's kind of how I frame it. Like whether like the musicality or the lyricism or whatever, right? Right. Production yeah. choices. That's kind of how I am. Yeah. Like with production stuff. Like, totally. I mean, like I, you know, I did go really hard on the drummer of Striper. <laughs> you did, man. You took him to task. I know. I was, <laughs> but like I said, you know, I, I was, I had a lot of internal stuff i was dealing with while listening <laughs> to that as a as a terrible drummer myself which is fair but i think it i think if that if it weren't for that that record would have been a bot for me because of like within the context of hair metal you know what i mean right so so that's why i bring up the idea of like a gold standard because if each of us has like an example of what a gold standard of like new metal around this time was then mm-hmm. we can compare it so like maybe for Josh that is pillar. I don't know. Like maybe they're like the peak. TFK's phenomenon. Phenomenon? Okay. Oh right. yeah. That's pretty that's, good. That's that's my gold standard probably. That's a little spoilery because we'll probably cover that it album is. and now we'll know what yeah. you're But that's okay. Cause that but then we that... can assess if the gold standard is actually worthy of being a gold standard. That's true. But I like that it functions that way for this episode. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Cause see, I didn't like I didn't listen to this kind of genre so like i have no concept yeah. of what that should be so please kylan what, what's yours uh follow the leader by corn okay the that makes so much sense i mean that one's got like freak on a leash that's a way more respectable pick than mine that's like that and whatever the chocolate starfish and hot dog water by limp biscuit are like the <laughs> two i mean that just personify i mean that just if you that's there's no better example of how stupid new metal was than <laughs> Was the first Slipknot record like new metal? Would yes. we say that one? Yeah, is? yeah, yeah. Okay, I did listen to that one a lot in high school. So, okay, maybe I think critically that's better than Phenomenon. But yeah, so yeah, so this record is it more that sort of like kind of rap rock new metal, or is it more of like oh, a? Is it rap rock? There is a KJ52 feature on this record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that answers your question. Oh boy! All Woo. right. Well, I'm going to get all you guys gift cards to the buckle before we dive into this record. So what yeah. do you want to say? Is it a flop or a bop? <laughs> okay, so for me, I'll just go ahead and like own my like sensitive baby boy identity as the, the, the kid that was too afraid of new metal when it was a thing to, to appreciate it. I'm going to have to really like flip my brain upside down to approach this record and try to like give it an objective critique. But I am going to do it. I'm going to do it for you, beautiful producer. I'm going to say that it's going to flop with the hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. Aspirational flop. (laughs) An aspirational, yeah. Because, well, we've established the aspirational bop. So uh, that was just. I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah, aspirational flop for sure. Okay, cool. I, you know. You know, we never know what's going to happen at this point, right? You know, I hold to my opinion and I, I'm i very well thought out and not impulsive at all in any of my decisions whatsoever. Ever. You know. Yeah, specifically on this podcast. Who, do, 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 do. If the record's short, it's going to be a bop. 
Okay. I think it's under 40 minutes. How how under 40 minutes? <laughs> I think like a minute or two. I think it's like at 38 or 32 minutes. Or are we talking? Uh, yeah. oh, if it's, a, it's a high 30. Uh, okay. Uh, well, okay. It might be. Uh, <laughs> if I can get in and out, I think I can I can live in new metal land for for enough time to like Child appreciate it for what it is. Uh, I can pull out my wallet chain and my Jinkos. I was given a wallet chain recently. Recently, that, that's real. Yeah, recently, two days ago. By whom? <laughs> Why? One of my a wallet chain. One of my bandmates. Oh, bro. Oh, well, sick. I have yet to wear it. Does he wear a wallet chain? Yeah, he does. Is it part of y'all's look? It is. Nice. Are you gonna do it? I I will not put it on. No. <laughs> It'd be cool because you could like attach it to like your hi hat or something like that, and then like use it for loading or something. Yeah, and then my drumstick will get tangled up in it, and it'll ruin the show. It's true. Or if your hi hat chain breaks, you're like, I have a chain <laughs> from my wallet that I can use for the hi hat now. No, no, no. Just 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 stick it on your ride, so you have the kind of jazz ride. Ooh. Like how they put like the beads on the yes, yeah. <laughs> Who needs those chain. when you get a wallet chain? <laughs> I feel like the pillar drummer on this record probably had that going on, right? He, he put his wallet did. chain on his ride symbol for sure, for sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, it's gonna be a bop, Josh. What <laughs> <Okay>. do you think? <laughs> wow, this is great. I will say first and foremost, I don't think there's any this universe or any other universe out there where TJ actually bops this. If he does, I will be Kyle's a wild card. You never know where he's gonna fall. Josh, I really appreciate that is, you just get it. Like I you, never know where I'm gonna fall. So I know Kyle and I really. There's no point in even predicting because who knows? Who knows? He could, he could start a sentence where he's going to flop it, and then by the end of the sentence, he's bopping it. I think <laughs> we need knows? to. I think we need to dub Kyle and Wild Card Savage from here on out. Uh, he's maybe. the wild card. Um, He's I'm the sorry. Charlie Wild card of this podcast. <laughs> I'm the wild card. <laughs> he is, but uh, yeah, TJ, I I cannot imagine a universe where you do pop it, but I'm excited to go on this journey with you. Me too, man. This is one of those things I feel like as a critic that I am now and someone who listens to other music, I feel like I should flop this, but I think the nostalgia is going to be so big. It was too, too pivotal powerful. for me. It was such a pivotal record that I sure. I can't in my heart of hearts I cannot flop it. So I have to look past all the new metal KJ52 raps, Rob Beckley wearing a, a do-rag, a bandana on his head. I have to look at a guy from Oklahoma, a white guy from Oklahoma doing all that. I have to look past all that and say, this is going to be a bop. Good for you, man. Proud of you for standing your ground, trying to trying to see it through 20 years later, trying to love this record. Yeah. I respect that. That's why I love this podcast. We're giving these albums a chance. That's right. That maybe don't necessarily deserve it, but <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so we have we have a flop, we have a bop, we have whatever the hell I said a few minutes ago. <sighs> so we're going to take a little break. A little bit of everything. When we come back, we will dive right into 2002's Fireproof. Fireproof. That's how it goes, right? That's exactly yeah. it. Welcome back to Trivial Trivia. This is a segment where I share trivial and obscure information related to the album or artist we're discussing each episode. This week, we're focusing in on Pillar's 2008 song, Turn It Up. What's interesting about this song is the lyrics are all references to Christian artists and songs. Take a listen and hear for yourself. Oh, I can hear the sound of melodies and the remedy to come from you. 
I can only imagine, Rob Beckley got the idea from frequent collaborator KJ52, who has a few songs in this same vein. Turn It Up references Church Jam's now alumni artists such as Reliant K, Skillet, Undroth, and Audio Adrenaline, and there are dozens of mentioned artists that we'll be covering in the future. Honestly, this might be the most appropriate theme song for Church Jam's now. I feel like it encompasses our whole brand. Give it a spin and see how many references you can catch. It's a pretty fun listen. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Trivial Trivia. Let's get back to Church Jams now. All right, welcome back to Church Jams Now. Church Jams Now! Hope you enjoyed that break. We're doing a very special episode covering the 2008 Kirk Cameron film, Fireproof. Love that movie. Right? It's it's compelling. Is it? It's definitely uh, flame retardant. Well, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> Yeah, if you throw it into the pits of hell, it will not burn. It's fireproof. Yeah. Well, so I don't want to get us off track too much, but uh, I did a deep dive on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. Isn't it wild? Dude, it was like, it was literally like the highest grossing independent film of 2008. That's crazy. Dude, it made $33.5 million and its budget was half a million was five hundred thousand dollars that's insane yeah so that got like me and my wife started this whole like conversation about the idea of like christian art and why christian art is considered so bad and then tj i kind of brought up the point you and i were talking about last night about like gay art and black art and feminist art and like even like bringing in Christian art with that and like mm-hmm. all these qualifiers how like why can't things just like yeah why everything sort of has a qualifier and how that sort of like cheapens it but that's a discussion for another time so we are talking about the 2002 <laughs> pillar album fireproof bro great segue man <laughs> thanks I am the king of segues I feel like it's important to include like the bro when you're talking oh, about this oh, record for sure <laughs> that is a necessity for sure, this it, this album is like Axe Body Spray was transmogrified into an audio format. <laughs> yes, yeah, the Phoenix scent. I think like I could I could just smell Axe Body Spray and Doritos like as when I'm you listening were at to youth this group. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure, and and like an undercurrent of like youth bo oh, oh, underneath God. it all. Oh, God. oh yeah. And I, I'm just very excited to hear what y'all have to say about this record. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm looking you? forward to. I mean, you kind of just did, I think. I mean, I'm yeah, sure we're we, done. I'm we sure just, in church we summed it up. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into more fun tangents and offshoots. Oh. Oh, will we? With oh. Kylan here, there's no question in my mind. Guys, have you ever seen what a cashew looks like? <laughs> oh, we did that already twice. I know, but we established that that's what I do. And uh... well, let's get into we it. Haven't track. Even started. <laughs> we have not even started yet. Oh boy, I know. I know we haven't started. So, Kirk Cameron, crazy, right? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, let's do track number one. The titular fireproof. Fireproof. This was a thing for me listening to this record now. Like now that I play guitar, 
it's not near as impressive musically than like I thought it was when I was a kid. And it's like, I'm sure it's all just like in drop D and just like big chugs, but like the mm-hmm. entire album is just drop D. It's yeah. just like when I was seventh, in seventh chugs. grade and didn't play guitar, I'm like, that sounds so cool. But now I'm like, oh, this is really simple music. Yeah, well, yeah. I actually, I thought of that a couple times during the album, Josh. I maybe wanted to go off on a little bit of a thing with you about like the guitar tone of this specific sound mm-hmm. because it's like a it's a really specific sound of the like really crunchy but really compressed guitar and i wanted to know i i've never personally been able to like recreate it so i wondered if a, as a guitarist and as a producer you wanted to maybe go through a little bit of like what is the kind of chain of things you need to get this sound like from guitar to stomp boxes to amps yep yep okay well guitar first you definitely want to have some humbucker pickups yeah uh no like a prs like i just imagine like a prs yeah like the fake prs that i used to play back in the day with humbuckers Uh yeah maybe that's even better if it's like a fake one, yes, even oh better. for sure, for like an like an Ibanez, yeah. But then you PRS. gotta switch like a Demarzio pickup in there or something. For sure, yeah. Can you explain what a humbucker pickup is, just really quick, <laughs> okay. like ju- just for like you know, so we don't automatically alienate the people that already turned it off after I talked about the fireproof movie. That's true. Josh, that's true. Actually, before you do that, can you tell us what Australia is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How does it even relate? I just want to know the con. I think I need a context. Deep cut. <laughs> Deep cut. Okay, cool. Australia. Um, no. Oh okay. Some guitars have like one pickup, and a humbucker is two pickups together, and they cancel each other out because a pickup by itself has a 60 cycle hum, but when you put them together opposite, they buck the hum. Therefore, it is a humbucker. So, but it's two pickups together, so it makes it even more powerful and gritty. So that's why you, for heavier music like this, uh, a lot of your sound is going to be in like a high gain amp, uh, like a Marshall, like a Marshall or, or a... like pretty in this scene, like a diesel or a, like an ENGL. So something yeah. like that, or like a freaking PV, which was like big in the yeah. 80s and 90s. So. PV was like the youth group version. That's yes. like, there's always like some dude that's playing completely clean tone guitar, but like through a pawn shop PV amp. <laughs> and as I'm d- explaining this, I'm realizing this was exactly my signal chain in high school because I had a knockoff <laughs> PRS with a DeMarzio humbucker pickup in it that I went through a PV Bandit solid state amp. And I had uh, a Boss multi-effects pedal. And then you'd probably want to push the amp a little bit traditionally with like a tube scream or something. But if you want to go even crazier, you could go like distortion into it. Yeah, so it is. that's kind of your, your three things. You need a humbucker, a distortion or an overdrive pedal that pushes that high gain amp and then you scoop the mids out of the amp just take all the mids out so it has no mid focus right <laughs> and then you so compress just... the heck out of it and then pillar shows up to your youth group worship night here's you doing that and they're like guys this they is the hear future. it no no it's like the bat <laughs> signal when you do that they show up mm. <laughs> love it all right so moving on to track number no, two no i'm just <laughs> kidding i know i know <laughs> That was a rough start to anyone who's not interested in to guitar at all. Oh, I know. I know. That's what I was saying. There was a possibility that we were going to alienate everybody. zero seconds. That might be a record. Uh, Because I can see in the analytics, like, when people turn off the podcast. (laughs) So I'm going to take a look and just see how many people. Anybody that would be offended by us calling them out have already tuned out. Yeah, exactly. They're not here anymore. They don't know that we're calling them out. 
Now I'll say something that will get the ball rolling, though. Cool. Is that like I was saying, it's musically, it's not as impressive as it sounded when I didn't know anything about music. But I do think a lot of this record is one of those things where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So mm-hmm. like if you pick out any part individually, it's probably pretty simple, nothing to really grab onto. But when you put it all together, I think it's done well a lot of times on this record. And I think this Fireproof is a good example of that to where it's catchy. Sure, there's too many fire references and <laughs> homages or little things he says, but I think this song does work really well and it's catchy. It's very memorable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it is interesting that it's like the name of the album, it's the big single and it's number 1. It's almost like this was their only good song and then they uh, <laughs> oh. had the rest of the album. No, but I what? did really like it. Um, I like the really crunchy guitar with the delay in the beginning. And like you said, it's not like the most musically impressive thing, but it gives you a real vibe. Then with the sort of uh, the whisper scream that's almost like a filter sweep through there, it goes into the verses. Like I thought that was really cool. And the guitar panning is really, really solid too. That's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, the drums are very of the time. This was like, it, it really hit me. Uh, this was something that was very of the time, very like Limp Bizkit, Corn, New Metal, like the super ringy snare, the really kind of open, mm-hmm. almost a little thin drum sound. And part of me really liked how real the drums sound, uh, especially compared to like, you know, I would say like after New Metal, the thing that was kind of popular was the sort of pseudo pop metal you know you're like a data remember kind Mm. of thing with like heavily programmed drums that just sound massive so i did like how real the drums felt it felt like there was a real drummer sitting in a room listening to these tracking called whenever you put the fake drums over i can't even remember you like sweet samples oh Oh, is, or, this, is it samples or no? What do you call it for mm-hmm. drums? Is it samples? Samples, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. I guess I could not think of what it was. Yeah, yeah. If you like add okay. like a snare sample. So, yeah, or a yeah. So yeah, I would call it like, like sweetening. It doesn't sound like they're using samples here. Correct. Yeah, it sounds like a real drummer in a like room with yeah. his, you know, with his kit playing this. So I liked it and I didn't like it. <laughs> I think just because in the years since. I've kind of a little bit gotten used to that kind of like super produced kind of drum sound. And I wondered at times if if the record would almost benefit from a kind of like a remaster in in terms of the drums, maybe sort of like EQing them different, maybe like adding some a little bit of samples, like hmm. kind of fattening up that snare sound and stuff. I think it would right. it'd be cool to hear because this was their last record with their previous drummer. Then after this, they got Lester Estelle, who is a monster drummer. So it would have been cool hmm. if they would have re-recorded the drum parts with Lester playing and then right. put all the stuff back on top of it because yeah, he would absolutely do some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I also wrote, oh my God, why is this song so long? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I felt like during the outro, I had I had a legitimate moment, and this sounds like a joke, but I had a legitimate moment where I thought, listening to it, that my CD was skipping. Hmm. Uh, and then I realized I'm not listening to it on a CD. Like, because it does that, like, dun, 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 dun. And I thought, like, it was... And I just had this, like, flashback of 
listening to music in the early 2000s on my little Walkman or Discman <laughs> on the bus and like hitting a pothole and like listening to Taking Back Sunday. And it's like, she said, don't. She said, don't. She said, don't, don't, don't. Like, <laughs> let it, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. That was on purpose. They did that on purpose. There's no CD skip. Nope. I know. They just want to introduce that anxiety that whenever it starts happening, you're like, oh, no, please. And then it doesn't. Right. Uh, we got anything else on, on the song, Fireproof? TJ, you didn't... Yeah. What, TJ, do, what do you... What do you... What do you how, how are you doing? Okay. I said everything I wanted to. What are you talking about? Am I going to be responsible for having TJ, his lizard brain, for another episode? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. No, no this, is, this is nowhere near that level. Okay, good. You, you just... You're saving it up. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on to track number two, Behind Closed Doors. I'll take this opportunity to say that this song feels like pretty much the same tempo as Fireproof. That's what I wrote. I wrote it's the same song, but it's just a little less boring. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a little more interesting. I had exactly the opposite feeling. That's that's <laughs> funny. But 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 it's like we're we're speaking in small degrees here for me personally. Correct. Yeah, I mean me too. I, I feel like this is maybe a trend for me. I hook into as far as track listing goes, I hook into whether the tempo of one track is the same as the one before it or after it. I think it's really tricky. It's possible, but I think it's tricky to make a song stand out when it follows a song that it's almost exactly the same tempo. Right. And this and this is a perfect example of one that it, it almost feels like they just continued fireproof. Right. Well, I think I think a lot of this album kind of has that. Of where, I mean, they're just like in drop D. Like, so almost every song is like in the same key, close to the same tempo. Yes. Uh, the same kind of guitar. Uh, it does just feel like it all same. blends together. All variation on one kind of sound. Yes, really. exactly. It's not, and it's not all that much variation. No, no. And it's like the same, even the same like cadence of like rap rock delivery on the vocals. It all, it all kind of, in my mind, it, it kind of blends together like, especially when that tempo is so similar yeah like it that as a drummer i think i'm like i'm just kind of like oh this is the same song as before oh no this right is- well we've talked about that there have been a few albums that that we've covered that you that have kind of had this problem right for you specifically right um and then yeah like the cities episode you, you talked right. about kind of those first four songs we talked about that on under oath and how like I don't think I could keep any of the songs straight. I yeah. definitely could not on this. Like, I have no idea. Yes. They, like, I wonder if the band just played the same thing and then the singer just, like, added different things. Mixed it up a little bit. All right, Josh, come come up to bat. All right, I will. Defend, I like this song it. a lot. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I really like the harmonics in the chorus that the guitar hits that makes it, like, Harmonics are once again a simple thing to do, but it's a cool trick that anytime you do harmonics, it's always gonna perk my ear. I'm like, ooh, yeah, those are cool. I didn't I, I'm not good at catching songs that are uh, around the same BPM because y'all did that left and right on the striper episode, but I guess I'm more of a sucker of like, oh, if the drums are playing like a faster beat, 
it sounds mm, it must be it, right right yeah even yeah. if it is um the same essential the bpn the feel of it is a different enough for me to like be like okay cool i'm down with this I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later and as we go through but the this was track five on the original track list so i'm used to it being there instead of track oh two. yeah i forgot we talked about that about yeah. the the different track list yeah so um, this was odd hearing it as track two for me when i'm used to being track five but maybe it's a good thing because i think this song is one of the stronger songs on the record so putting it up front is really good uh but yeah i i like it i think it's got it's really catchy um i like when he gets like heavier when he like screams a little bit which is cool i do like the song a lot i wrote i i feel like this should have opened the record hmm. more so than fireproof uh, i did write sweet sweet bass first sweet sweet right. bass on, on this song okay is this the sweetest of bass on this song no no okay. no no uh we'll 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 save that so I wrote a note that I guess I need to bring up, uh, but I'm going to completely contradict it later. Awesome. Perfect. I love that. Because it it was like a, uh, you know, a a kind of first listen through kind of note. The lyrics themselves aren't the worst, but the words that he decides to rhyme kind of are. Does that make sense? I'd love an example. Um, okay, from this song, I mean, it's just like the most basic. You're not the same man you were before. Tell me what you are like behind closed doors. I can't take this anymore. It's just like, like he just like, he, it's all the, like, well, then the he most. Door again, the, I think. Yeah, he yeah, does, yeah, it's the most obvious rhyme schemes imaginable. It's like yeah. very much like. I feel like that's so like it's on brand for like this kind of music though. Like I agree. I'll just play my cards a little bit and say lyrically, I kind of hated this record and me too, buddy. And and it it goes back to what you're saying because I think, but, but to sort of devil's advocate, this whole argument a little bit, I think that it's super on brand for this style of music because it's thinking about like Limp Bizkit or, you know, corn or whatever. It's like, I feel like they do the same thing. This kind of rap rock vocal, style lends itself toward those either like very obvious rhymes but it's like a lot of words it's really wordy so it's like it's like good for you you fit you jammed a lot in there and i i respect that so that that part of it i really admire to to an extent but then Mm -hmm. when it is the really obvious choices and you kind of you are trying to analyze it lyrically maybe apart from the music or apart from the cadence or the rhythm it does kind of fall flat like if you were right. reading it as a poem, you'd be like, this kind of sucks, you yeah. know, but in context, like in in context, it works kind of like <laughs> I'll say also, as I defend this, the the sort of lyrical stylings of this album and of Pillar in general, I will then completely refute my argument and say thematically and like conceptually and philosophically, I couldn't be more disappointed and disgusted with it. Yes. So like, like I'm like a part of me as a lyricist, not thinking about the themes or the concepts or philosophy represented. I can understand kind of what they're doing in the rap right. rock genre, like I said. Yeah. But then if I step over into like, you know, Professor Philosopher's conceptual corner, Professor Philosopher really hates a lot of the stuff that is happening on this album. 
Yeah. So, like, for example, don't be satisfied with the backslide. We on the flip side, sometimes it's so easy to cheat, but the only one you're cheating are just you and the chief. Right. Well, then he rhymes chief with thief. It ain't just a belief he'll be back like a thief. Mm -hmm. It's a little on the nose. I never even knew he said chief in this song. Yeah. <laughs> I... So I had this note for later, but I know. Okay, let, we, we got to move on. Track yeah, number yeah. three. Let's, let's move on. Track number three, A Shame. A little bit faster than the last two songs, but not by much. Barely. This one feels pretty typical song and dynamic structure for something you would expect of this caliber. I feel like that like, kind of a little more chiller singing in the verses and then it gets like louder and bigger for the choruses right yeah i just i can't with this song man <laughs> the chorus <laughs> it's a shame to be ashamed yep <laughs> to be ashamed of the one that we could glorify i just i can't i just i okay you, you know it's bad when i start talking about lyrics and yeah. i'm talking about lyrics a lot on this record you jumped in passionately about that before i could so yeah we're in trouble so <laughs> i know we're a little bit in uncharted territory but <laughs> i like really paid attention to the lyrics on this record because i kind of had to they're kind of in your face and i kind of like this i kind of like that you're you're like taking them down lyrically and i can just sit back and and kind of let yeah, you take, you take on that role to, yeah you get to conserve your ammo yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's kind of great but I'm with you. I'm with you, Colin. It was it was like very cringeworthy for sure for me. Josh, what do you got? Okay, this song, and I'll I'm gonna keep talking about the track list in a little bit, but I'll save it towards the end. But this was one I was never really into as a kid. I like remembered it once it was on, but I I wouldn't have remembered it before if you were feeling like, what's that song? I'm like, I don't know. But I was like, okay, I remember this song. And I was never into it as a kid. And I feel the same way about it now. It's pretty forgettable. Yeah. It's another great example of how their writing is kind of simplistic. Like, I'm not trying to project here, Josh. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like even younger Josh would have, like, maybe had something to say about, like, well, those lyrics just aren't as, like, hard-hitting as they could be. Like, they could have written a stronger, they could have come up with a stronger lyrical idea for what they're trying to say. True or untrue? What do you think? I don't know if seventh grade Josh would have been that perceptive. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of had that thought. So <laughs> I'm trying to give I, you we, as much credit as I can. <laughs> I appreciate you. Doing uh, that, we talked about it a little bit in in part A about how I wasn't really into Pillar, uh, but listening to it, I definitely had the feeling that like, yeah, had I listened to this when it came, like when I was 12, I would have been all over this. Uh, and I think I, you know, I I feel like we've maybe brought this up on on other episodes to a certain extent the idea of like some of these lyrics are so simplistic and so on the nose that it, it like they make a lot of sense for like a 12 or 13 year old you know like it's, yeah, it's, for sure. it's easy to digest what they're trying to say and to like really relate to it on like a surface level because they're kind of laying it all out there in a really simplistic fashion Mm -hmm. um that as someone in their 30s now listening to it i'm like oof that's embarrassing it's very like high school poetry 
Well, I was going to say, I think for this kind of style, like TJ mentioned, and then also right. within the style of Christian music, that lyrical bar is not very high when it comes to the genre. And for sure, I don't think even on like later pillar stuff, like I feel uh, it will jump ahead a little uh, foreshadowing for whenever we talk about TFK, like the Trevor for, for TFK, I feel like the, tfk stuff that came out in like the mid 2010s is the same level of like lyrical intelligence that was he was doing in the early 2000s so i'm like Oof. i got older and grew up and i'm like oh trevor why are you still doing the same stuff man like, right so it definitely within that scene it's not a high bar and they didn't raise the bar like it's not like as reliant k as matt teason got older he wrote more profound lyrics right. like that did not happen yeah with and you think about that even Miller. in 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 terms of like yeah you know i think of like taking back sunday and brand new and stuff that when i was like 15 i was like oh my god this really speaks to me but then as i kind of grew older it seemed like the band kind of matured too and i can see that not necessarily happening right uh, with a, a lot of this i i will say though on on some of the songs like lyrically like it is how on the nose it is. It, it's relatively thoughtful. I just don't know if I like what he was thinking. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I would second that. Yeah. Okay. Do we have anything else about track three? Nah, a shame. It's pretty boring. All right. Track number four, Echelon. <laughs> What are the odds that this bass riff is double tracked between like the little slides and the little hits? Oh, 100%. I think 100%. it is, yeah. 100%. It, it's a great bass tone, but I'm like, that's for sure double tracked. Yeah, oh, definitely. No way he's playing definitely. that in one pass. Yeah, no way. I would love to see somebody play that in one pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this is very white boy rap. Thank you. Like Remember very, when, when I, very white boy rap. What episode was it where I called something white boy funky in a bad way? Audio adrenaline, I think. Yeah. Some kind of was zombie. It? I feel like it was something else. I don't know. Anyway, well, on, on Newsboys, yeah, we talked about some white boy funk, but that was like a good thing. But we're back. Are you trying to say this white guy from Tulsa, Oklahoma doesn't have the street cred to rap, TJ? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm not not saying it. I'm just going to leave it right there in the ether. This was the first track in the track list. So it started like different musically. Yes. So like that got my interest starting out. I got a whole thing I want to do, Josh. So if there's anything else either of y'all want to say about this. Yeah, I think this was one I definitely remember from being a kid. And I remembered way more of these lyrics, especially the rapped lyrics than I should have. <laughs> but I, I did. They're just in my, they're just burned into my brain. And, and I like this song. I think it's got, it introduces some nice dynamics. It is very cheesy with the lyrics and rapping, but I think there's still some good stuff to dig into it. Um, I did think I did like the clean guitar line that comes in at like two minutes, 55 seconds is not the kind of guitar part I would expect for a song in this kind of genre, but I liked right. it. I don't know. I can't remember if that was uh, on the original 2002 mix or if they added it for like the 2003, maybe that's why it caught my attention. I yeah, didn't right. find the 2002 version of this to compare 
but that was a positive for this song that I liked. I like the little guitar solo. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of that on here. No, agreed. Could do with some more solo guitar. This track was the one that sealed it for me. Four songs in. Four songs in. It's a solid bop, right? No, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hear me out. This is the one that sealed it for me, that Pillar is the poor man's P.O.D. That's fair. For me. Because I listened yeah. to P.O.D. around the time that others in my little weird youth group were listening to Pillar. I was like, oh, they're like the same. But I never got into them. I just thought like, oh, they're, they're basically the same band. And now listening back, I'm like, they're they're still, to me, like less interesting. And I'm kind of like, I'm giving like, youth group tease like a knuckle bump and saying like good for you way to listen to pod way to right. not listen to pillar good job buddy so i'm sorry josh like i'm not i'm not trying to fire any shots your direction i'm just saying i'm happy with my decisions <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day i will say uh, one more thing before before you go off kylan oh i'm ready for it <laughs> i had a moment where i was like wait is this newsboys because they write so that we can persevere like a gondolier. Like gondolier, yes. I wrote. I wrote specifically. That was like the what, zaniest. What other song? <laughs> say gondolier. Like where the f- did gondolier come from? That was like the best worst line in the whole album. Oh, I, I've I've got a contender uh, to put up against that later on in okay, the record. Okay, cool. We'll remember the uh, gondolier. But yeah, worst, no. That's an easy worst, one to remember. worst line is uh, about being on the front lines. Like Saigon. Okay, buddy. Okay, Ooh. here we go. I'm gonna take over. Okay, please take so, over. Cause okay, I, that one hit. Because, just like, yes, me too. Me what? too. Oh, me too. Okay, How? okay. Um, uh, so I wrote like, yeah, white boy rap. This is goofy. He says gondolier. I get all the like soldier references. We're like soldiers sure. in the army and blah blah blah. Yeah, and then he says. And like Saigon, we're on the front lines and we carry on to the end times. And I'm just like, okay, buddy, um, like, do you know how Vietnam ended? Even like, in 2002. Like, like, do you know how that went? No way he was even born. And, and that was well, happening. But, but even so, like, do you, do you understand? Like, even like, in 2002. For me, this highlighted this like weird paradoxical American exceptionism mm-hmm. um, that's like very inherent with a lot of like um, quote unquote American Christianity trademark. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Cause he also has the line. Uh, I'm a soldier in this army of one. And like I told you, like I told you the battle's already won. So about face move out of the way. I got to pray for you. And just <laughs> like, this idea of like I'm like I love Jesus and I am like here fighting for him, but also I'm this badass who stands by myself. That like just the paradox of that, specifically like like twenty years later, well, where also, we are. Just that line, move out of the way. I gotta pray for you. Right. It's like, <laughs> just you- like <laughs> up, dude. It's Do you like, hear yourself. Uh, it's okay if I'm being pushy. But they yeah, also God. like <laughs> evolutionist. We got love for you too. And it's like, oh, Do thanks. You? Thanks. Thanks, bro. Bro. Like, and even if you detach like the American exceptionalism angle, it's still like, it's, it, it has this kind of like narcissistic flavor and like this, like I'm the central protagonist in my own story kind of like feeling, even if you like say pillar was from like Sweden or something like, 
it it would still feel weird to to come at it from that perspective of like oh i'm gonna help you i'm gonna save you it has this like white savior feeling that's very too cringy just too cringy yeah it's it's and, and and there's another song later on this album that has sort of the same problem. Oh, I know. Uh, but this one I specifically one is, is like it's like a it, it's less a Christian song and more like a army commercial. But then mixing that with the sort of like Christian references, like we're hardcore, we fight for the one who died for. It's just like made Come me. Come on, bro. Want, Come on, bro. And, we're hardcore. And like it pissed me off to no end (laughs) and like i get the vibe and i get the demographic and that makes me incredibly angry (laughs) yeah yeah i like that you're mad and i'm just my feeling toward it is very eye roll like i'm very mad about the whole thing i'm frustrated but like where i land is just very like well that yep that's an album that's a thing that's a song and you're like fired up it's great at least it's on par for kind no, of what you I could know. expect I for know, better or for dude, worse. I know. I mean, yes. yeah, this came out 2002. Yes. This is like, you know, post 9-11, like a year removed from 9-11. Everyone yeah. is just like America, rah, rah. Right. You know, like we're going to take our guns and free everybody. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing the result of this kind of thinking. I'm, I'm not going to get, trust me, I'm not going to get doing <laughs> this, but we're seeing sort of the result of this kind of thinking 20 years down the line. And it's just like incredibly upsetting for me. Uh, I hated this song and I wish it wasn't fireproof. I wanted to <laughs> chuck it into a burning pile of garbage like the song that it is. Oof, brutal. I love that. <laughs> I was it behind closed doors where you said chief was he rhymed chief or something. And then Saigon, I never once, I listened to this so much as a kid. And even like over the last couple of weeks, I was listening to it. Never once did I pick up that those are in the lyrics. So I guess I was kind of blinded to that then. And still <laughs> right. somehow now I didn't sit down and like read the lyrics, but like, right. I feel like I would have caught like Saigon. Like that's, well, okay. The, the Saigon not. thing was, was the moment that I was just like, Oh, I'm going to hook into the lyrics a little bit on this. And I'm really <laughs> mad that I did. I just want to be the vibe guy. I just want to hang out. I'm stoked like, that you did. Yeah, new metal. Yeah, like, I'm the vibe yeah, guy bro, this episode. Like, Kylan is TJ. <laughs> TJ, I guess you're me. I'm basically neutral. I'm like nothing. But I cannot be. I love it. I, I, I'm here for this, man. That's great. That's okay. But I do feel like we should move on. So yeah, so let's move on to track me. number five, Hindsight. <laughs> In hindsight, maybe Kylan shouldn't have dug into the lyrics so much on this album, guys. In hindsight, maybe that song shouldn't have been written. Maybe just the lyrics. The song is all right. The song is all right. Musically, it's good. I I like that he does. Oh, 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 that that was another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, uh, I I did like the kind of jam, uh, the kind of mostly instrumental jam on the last third of the the song and the guitar solo. Yeah, music. Musically, I thought it was great. It was one of my favorites musically uh, on the record, which is probably part of why lyric. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to look up these lyrics. And my eyes Whoops. popped out of my head, Roger Rabbit style. <laughs> so hindsight. Uh, this song was really funny to me. Why is that? Uh, lyrically, it was really funny. It does have some funny moments. Because it sounds like so tough 
But okay, so TJ, I'm gonna match you for for gondolier. My favorite lyric on the entire record is at 4:20 every day. You wanted me to blaze with you, but at the same time every day, I'm just gonna pray for you. <laughs> I almost want to be proud of that false rhyme, but I'm not. <laughs> well, there there's a 4:20 reference. There's the inherent judgmental attitude of like you're smoking weed. I'm going to pray for you. You just need to get high on Jesus. And I get he's talking about a lot in this song, how he went through a lot of struggles and stuff. And, sure. and I, I, I like the personal element, but it's just like kind of funny because he also says, how could I be 19 yet so naive? It's like, motherfucker, you were 19. <laughs> like, that's like literally being 19. <laughs> yeah, like, that, he, that everybody asks it like hilarious. sincerely. He asks it sincerely. How could it be oh, 19? Man. And I think that sort of encapsulates a lot of my problems with well, this. Well, that means that now that he's 20, 20, and 22 at this time writing this album, he does not even, he's like, I'm not naive right. anymore. He's like, I got it figured out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. He also says I trying to it. fit in like an OG. And also rhymes OG with a little boy in his teens and so that you can see Elohim. I forgot about the Elohim. What are you doing? Really something. Yeah, this song was really funny to me and I kind of needed it after after Echelon. It sounds the same as the other ones, though. It kind of it's not a lot of variation going on here. This was one I'd kind of forgotten about because I knew that there was like five or six that I liked on this record a lot as a kid. But then whenever this one came on, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this one. And then going back through it, this was like the surprise in the album for me. Like, oh, OK, cool. This one was better than I thought it was. Or maybe I did like listen to it more when I was a kid than I remember it being. So mm-hmm. this was a fun one to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this one. But I liked it more than I didn't like it. Yeah, that's really all there is to say about that. Other than the the 420 plays it line is is funny because you don't hear that often in an album that you're going to pick up at family Christian bookstore where they're no. or 20 I, which as a kid, I would have been like, well, I don't even know what that means. Exactly. Yeah. I would have had no clue. I don't even know if I would have understood it even vaguely as a drug reference. Pretty sure I wouldn't have that line specifically though. I'm torn between whether it is because he has to fit in a lot of words to mm-hmm. actually so that you to like explain it, to make it make sense. So I'm like torn between I don't know if that's lazy, if he like could have found a better way to say that and it wouldn't have mm. been trying to fit so much in there, or if it gives him a chance to show off his rapping prowess because he's like, I can throw in so many words in this. How many words I can cram? Yeah, in so I don't line. know which yeah. one to land on. I mean, I will say that might be one of the strengths for, for this record, just like how he can spit a lot of a lot of rhymes, bro. Don't Can know if I li- if I like it. I just think, oh, like that's something you seem to be good at. I did enjoy the sort of rapping segments more, even when they were goofy. The lead singer seemed to be more sort of charged up about it. Yeah, like really he's passionate. trying to prove that like he can do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't like what he's doing, but he does it well. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the kind of what I was trying to say too. Do you want to move on to track number six? Good for me. All right, light at my feet. I think of the ones that were the ones I'd kind of forgotten about on this record, this was the one I liked the most. 
because like the last four of the original track list, which they're all split up over here on the 2003 track list, but like the last mm-hmm. four I kind of forgot about, but this was one that I was like, okay, this one was a little bit better than I remember. Not to say it, I liked it, but compared to the other ones, it was better. This felt very like AFI to me, especially with like the power chords in the beginning feels very like emo, a little like goth rock. Yeah. When later there's that there's that pseudo screamo moment. So like, yeah, I think you're nailing it with the AFI reference. Yeah, I think AFI was the closest thing I can kind of think of. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does say, let it be efficiently electricity, which feels like very schoolhouse rock. Yes. Yeah, it was all right. I think this was my favorite song on the record. (laughs) I'm enjoying I'm enjoying how how much we're struggling to like. Just talk about these songs. Like that's that's very Josh. Fun what did you do? Level. What did you do to me? I Make me you. listen to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't. I expected TJ to be the one that I was gonna break, but I thought so I too, know because as, as because as... in the first part I was just like, get on the vibe, guy. <laughs> Whoever cares? Like it's new metal, whatever. Pillar is your kryptonite. And... <laughs> is your vibe kryptonite? <laughs> for real so just to get into it a little bit uh the plot of the 2008 movie fireproof uh <laughs> no i don't have anything else on this um, song, so go please, on. please go i don't either it. i don't either no <laughs> fireproof is a crazy movie fireproof is a crazy album we should just stop we should just put a kibosh on all things named fireproof well listen so that brings yeah. me uh, that brings up an interesting question that I'm going to direct toward you, Kylan, and you alone. By the end of this oh, episode, boy. can you please, for Josh and I, both flop or bop the album and also flop or bop the film, please? Oh, 100%. I was already planning Great. on it. Excellent. Let's move on to track number seven, Stay Up. Ah, had a sweet, sweet snare roll. Hey, there you go. Yeah, this is like a solid headbanging vibe. I feel like it's probably great live. It makes me think of Rock Fist, mm-hmm. you know, like that yeah. kind of feeling of just like everybody in the crowd's going to get pumped when this one starts. He had another lyric that I loved on this song called uh, We Live in Life Fortissimo. And I'm going to start saying that. I'm going to start saying that. Fortissimo. Oh, sorry. Wait, two, Fortissimo. Not just very loudly. As loud as possible. Yes. As loudly as wow. possible. I caught on to that too. According to songlyrics.com, the only other song that I could find with Fortissimo in the lyrics is Mozart versus Skrillex from Epic Rap Battles of History. So, <laughs> I loved that alone because I was like, how many, how many times do you ever hear Fortissimo in a song? One other Never. time. One, One other, other time. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I, I definitely want... A t-shirt that says, we live in life for TCSMO. That should be our church jams now. T-shirt. We should. Well, we're definitely going to make that shirt. We're 100% going to make that that shirt. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this kind of highlighted another problem for me lyrically, was that I feel like he never writes enough lyrics for a song. It's a real take-me-to-your-leader situation. Yeah, but but what they decide to do on this album is he'll write like four lines that like kind of work and then he'll just repeat them for like a minute and a half and not say anything else it's like like he starts writing verses and then he gets to a course and he writes four lines and he's like this is good just gonna do this the rest of the song we're done 
We wrote as much as we needed. Well, to. and the best part is those lines that he's repeating are just filled with like 2000s Christian buzzwords, like freaks and underground. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like growing up, I heard that so many times. Like, that, oh, was, yeah. like, that was a badge of honor. You were like, oh, we're freaks and we're living in the underground. And that's in the chorus. And he says freaks in the song 11 times and underground nine times. <laughs> Josh, I don't know whether to congratulate you or apologize that you counted all of that. Control F, baby. This song does feature KJ5 too. I was wondering because I noticed there was a different vocalist, but I didn't look it up. So yeah, well, he 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 mentions him when he brings he basically like brings him up. He says KJ, we get the freaks, gotta let him know. And then KJ52 starts his more freaks, Amazing. his KJ52 thing, which is very white boy rap. Yes, I um, honestly I said that Rob's rapping actually makes KJ's entrance a little bit more appealing because at least KJ feels more comfortable. I don't know. Rob's just like, Rob right. is just trying to like, he's very forceful in his like delivery where KJ's more flowy. And so right. I like, it was like a nice reprieve, which yeah. normally I would be like, uh, skip the KJ part. But I was like, honestly, it kind of worked in this setting. I thought so. It was my favorite part of the song. <laughs> I love that. KJ52 was Kylan's favorite part of this song. Get that? Yeah, we're going to save that forever. That's a sound bite. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we got anything else for stay no, out? I'm realizing there a lot with this record. I don't have a lot of notes on a lot of these songs. There's not a lot to dig into. It's right. One, it's all very like, surface level. Yeah. It's you can't all really, very much like. You can't yeah. really. Our critical analysis of this, It's there's not a lot there. When you're just right. listening to it, you can kind of, it, it gets by, but just yeah, to get by. It just, but. Like, it feels like this just needs to play in the background while you're like playing Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Like, that is sort of my like end all analysis of it. Like, I think that it sums it up feels, perfectly. Yeah. Like, you're at youth group, so you just like talked about Jesus, and then you're just going to go shoot a bunch of motherfuckers for like three hours and just put this on in the background. Let's move on to track number eight, Epidemic. So this is one that doesn't really hold up lyrically in 2022. Uh, <laughs> right. For a very specific reason. Yeah, that felt really cool. Probably in 2002, <laughs> like that conceit was probably like something they were really proud of, and like, ooh, look at this analogy we can use. <laughs> we're in the middle of an outbreak. It's no joke. It's well, there's an epidemic going on. So be wise and decide to change. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the lyrics. I think. What, is, it's, what are the lyrics? I think it's so be wise of the sides you take. Oh, I think okay. is the lyrics. Yeah, I because I was looking at the ones on Spotify and I was like, I don't and I don't have you the CD anymore and I couldn't find like the booklet, like any images of the booklet. Yeah, but I think I'm he says, so be wise of the sides you take. That would make more sense, which I, I like I'm more seeing that on on one lyric website. OK, yeah. which I think is better. Is this the one that I sent you guys the the screenshot of the Spotify lyrics yeah, where it just yes. says indecipherable <laughs> and just like yeah i don't i don't know but yeah. hey this started out with a sweet sweet bass whittly it goes bloom a little Let's slap effect somebody yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the perfect slap effect for someone who can't slap but he's like i can do this one <laughs> yeah, thing exactly <laughs> yep i did it guys yeah it's like 
ridiculous. <laughs> but okay, this song almost hooked me in because they keep going into these like little jam sections. Right. And it kind of reminded me of the like kind of jazz jams that they went into in I Am Hollywood. Oh, yeah, I was going to say he's legend for sure. Wow, I love that y'all made that <laughs> connection. No one has ever made a connection between Pillar and He is Legend before. Between Pillar and He is Legend, yeah. I think this is the one. This is it. Yeah, because especially on I Am Hollywood, they do these very like jazzy jam breakdown sections, and they kind of do that on this song, and I, I liked it for that. Um, I also felt like, like this album could have just as easily been called Epidemic. Right, like it. This is essentially the same song as Fireproof, but which one is stronger? I think Epidemic. I mean, obviously, like TJ said, for uh, contextual reasons, reasons of of the world exploding over the past two years. Yeah, it's a there's little a difference between an epidemic and a pandemic, though. So it's not quite the same, right? That's it's still gonna trigger people. <laughs> true, true. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. But you're right. Because an epidemic is worse, right? No, no. Oh, is a it? Pandemic well, is worse. Pandemic. Okay. Pandemic is worse than an epidemic. I thought they were switched. Whoops. Nope. You should be very sorry. I apologize to anyone out there that I triggered <laughs> for <laughs> thinking an epidemic was worse when it's. Thank not. you for apologizing to me. An epidemic um. <laughs> is a disease that affects a large number of people within a community. A pandemic is an epidemic that's spread over multiple countries or continents. Whoops. See, you dummy. <laughs> Man, I was too blinded by the 2000s pillar. Step out of the way, TJ. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Get out the way. Like, uh, uh, Whoa! <laughs> was that? Okay, I want someone to do a, a mashup. And by someone, I mean it's going to be me. A mashup of Echelon by Pillar with Move Bitch by Ludacris. Just so we can have the line, move, bitch, get out the way. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> yep. Please. I love Please that. Please do. That sounds awesome. Uh, guys, I am losing my mind. I did like the line, we stand fast with standing the whiplash. There's some good alliteration going on there. Yeah, but then he also rhymes it with every other word that ends in ash or asked. or Because he says... We stand fast with standing the whiplash. We make it last and raise our colors to the top of the mast because the sand's filling fast in the hourglass. So <laughs> unmask and forget your past and stay on path. The world's labeled you as an outcast. Well, here's a news flash. You'll never see teeth gnash. It feels like you're in third grade and the teacher's like teaching you how to write poetry. And she's like, so let's work on some rhymes. And she's right. just like, all the kids are calling out words and she's just writing them indiscriminately. And yes. then they put it into a song. Yeah. No, he just but, got at the thesaurus and just like got all of them and just wrote them down. And then he was like, okay, what do I do to rhyme? Do like, I connect the dots? What's the five words that's going to go before this rhyming yes. word? What's the next five words well, going to go before this rhyming word? Yeah. Well, this is what I was talking about with that earlier note that I had of like, where maybe the lyrics aren't necessarily bad, but the words he chooses to rhyme, like just feel so elementary, like just so basic. Yeah. It's like, what's the easiest rhyme that I can get to? And then sort of like work backwards from there. And again, it's like as a 12 year old, that's fine. That gets a pass and you can right. well, it, it's go something, crazy it's to something this you album. Can hook into. But for them writing in their 20s, I'm like, ah. I mean, TJ, 
How could you be 19 and so naive? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. What was I thinking? Will you pray for me? Uh, move out of the way. Move, Whoa! bitch. Get out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. I love that so much. This was a song I loved as a kid, so it was fun revisiting it, I'll say. That's great. I'm I'm so sorry that this is your favorite album of all time. It is. <laughs> uh, track number nine, Just to Get By. Alan, what will you need just to get by through the rest of this episode? Four more beers. Four more beers. Miller, four <laughs> prez. Four more beers. Uh, I need Badgie and another bottle of white wine. Oh, I want Badgie back so bad. <laughs> Me too. I wish he was here with us. Well, um, you could have a lot to say. You, had, yeah. you seemed like you had a serious I was going to say, this one was originally track two, and now it's track nine. So that is quite the switch for a track list. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. I wonder why. I like it as track two, but that's a recurring theme. I had literally just one note on this song, but I hope it it can actually bring about discussion. Um, Could not, like, could you guys see if they had not broken up and continued, could you not see DC Talk eventually doing a song like this? Or maybe an like a whole album like this. This seems like the most sort of supernatural era of DC Talk. Of the kind of soaring vocals, you get a little bit of that gothic like Kevin Max feeling, and then you have like the straight like white boy aggressive rap. Uh, it feels like the most sort of like DC Talk of of all the songs on this record. Mm. That's a great observation. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And so I wonder, like, like if they hadn't broken up, uh, if DC Talk would eventually start doing shit like this. Well, this is—it's not too far off base for what Toby Mac was doing on his like right. first two records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some moments even that I was like, "This sounds like it could have been like a B side on Momentum or something." Mm-hmm. I'll say I like those clean vocals when they come in, the that are actually yeah. like singing. The "You're Afraid of What It Takes" part. Yes. The Michael Tate vocals. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, who who is that? Do we think that's Rob? Is it? Yeah, because yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, that my note on that was talking. like, if this was more the way the vocals across the album were, I think I would have liked this album a lot more. If it had been mm-hmm. less of the like aggressive rap rock, you know, spitting style and more. But I get that that's like part of what makes pillar pillar so well and i think after this they transitioned just more to rock they lost a little bit of the rap stuff right so this was maybe like a you could see like a foreshadowing or like a turning point for where they were kind of going to be heading not relying on as much rap and him actually like singing a little bit more yeah because i really like those vocals yeah no they're really good i did i didn't like because when he says you're afraid of what it takes to give it all away or whatever and then they have that repeated I mm-hmm. did find the 2002 mix version of that, and that repeated part is added into the 2003. So when I listened to it, I was like, "Oh, that's weird. I don't remember that." But it because it wasn't in the 2002 mix, and I don't like hmm. it. Maybe it's I'm just remembering like the original version, but I found it a little bit distracting. And in general, the the mix of the song, maybe not the mix, but some of the parts of it are a lot different. Like the intro is way different 
between the 2002 version and the 2003 one. Uh, and there's just some other little subtle differences here and there that was enough for me listening to this to be like, it's been 10 something years since I listened to this record. Am I just like misremembering something or is it Mm. because it's a different mix than what I grew up listening to? So I thought that was interesting. And then putting it in track nine versus track two, he makes a KJ52 reference. So when this was track two, he like makes a KJ52 reference. And then two songs later, KJ52 appears. I don't know if that works better for being like, KJ52 appears on stay on stay up earlier and then he like calls back to the KJ52. No, I I I like it more kind of earlier on where he's yeah. like kind of setting it up it's almost like yeah. foreshadowing. I think yeah, then sort of a callback. Yeah. I do think mm-hmm. that that is interesting having that B track 9 you kind of lose that, right? Yeah. Gives the album less arc. Yeah. I think yeah. it's hard for me to I mean Fireproof is such a I think it's a strong song. I've just heard it so many times I've maybe become a little numb to it. Right. But I don't know if I can like discount it, but I think Behind Closed Doors and Just to Get By are like two of my favorites like on the revisit of this record. I think this is a really strong song on the record. I liked it. Like I said, it was the most DC talk to me and that made me enjoy it quite a bit. But I think this record is kind of broken the the hot streak I was on for loving the second like the back half the back of the half of a record yeah but it might be because i did also didn't enjoy the front half of this record <laughs> <laughs> um well boys do we want to move on to track 10 indivisible oof i are we ready <laughs> i am as will ever be i don't know if i'm ready for it we got it we got it we just got to do it rip the band-aid off man. here we go track 10 indivisible Can I, can I, okay. When it came on the first time, I was just like, oh no, <laughs> we are going to have to talk about this song. Kylan yes, and TJ are, are going to destroy this. So oh, the buddy. whole time I was, oh, I was mowing buddy. the lawn and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh boy. <Not> coming. <laughs> oh boy. I did not see it coming. Um, TJ, you want to want to talk first? Someone start us off here. (laughs) Well, you know, on one hand, this song is a love letter to currency because part of the chorus is about pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, dollars, and I love that he took the time to name each and every one with care in case we just didn't know all the different denominations of American money. He was making sure we had it figured out. On the other hand, this song is a blatant clustered conflation of Christianity, blind nationalism, and might is right thinking, which it kind of, I don't know whether to be mad or just like laugh at the fact that we just talked about my new single, which is kind of like a critique of that exact type of thinking. I just couldn't not think about that. How like I've got a bridge that that basically is critiquing this exact premise of this song. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to hand it off to Kylan and I'm going to let him uh, drive the final nail into the coffin. It's been great being with you guys. Um... (laughs) Here's the soapbox, Uh... Kylan. Yes, I was going to ask, can you please bring out the soapbox? So the song starts out 
kind of the coolest. Like the intro is probably the coolest yes, on the record. Agreed. I start thinking, oh my god, is this going to be my favorite song on the record? Oh no! <laughs> then the lyrics. Oh start. gosh! And I what wrote special on part two. What? <laughs> what in the ever-loving Ben Shapiro f- <laughs> is going on in this damn song? <laughs> I am furious at this. I wrote, okay. How I long for the bucolic days of Bart Millard's glorious poetic lyricism compared to whatever piece of shit this is that I am having to listen to while while my daughter is like sitting in front of me watching the Snoopy show. We're having a great day. And this comes on in my headphones and I lose my damn mind. Wait. For the listeners, really quick, who did you reference? Uh, just, just I want to. Bart make... Millard from Mercy Me. Our oh, Mercy Me. That's right. I don't. Maybe some folks are tuning in and they didn't catch that episode. Or check out Volume Eleven. But we we tore that album a new one, and and you're longing for it. Do you want me to say that all again because I wrote it down? Please. How I long for the bucolic days of oh, Bart like... Millard's glorious poetic lyricism. <laughs> <laughs> Because f- this song, guys, <laughs> like for real, f- this song, I had to take a step back and I had to listen to it again because I do understand the context. Like we said, sort of like a year removed from 9-11, there's this right. like American like rah-rah nationalism. But yes, TJ, like you said, conflating Christianity with this American nationalism in this song and it's the and again, most like that angry like, protagonist, right? Yes, like, and he's it's so pissed angry, off. And me- I am, I am, because like no, no, I said in- he is. Oh, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, why? Calm down, bro. Like we, we're we're cool, right? We're trying to take in God we trust off, so he's mad about it. Okay. I just like I'm trying not to blow out my mic. He also he okay, okay. He rhymes the word dollar with let me hear you give a holler. Fuck you, man. For rhyming dollar with holler. I love that for how terrible it is. (laughs) I think it's like again, it's sort of like as a white guy from Oklahoma, rhyming dollar with holler. That's for me personally, that's like it's a little goofy. Very calmly, I'm going to read some of these lyrics, okay? I'm ready. And then we can discuss like grown adults. Um, the other day I saw the news, somebody else complaining. They want the motto taken off the Benjamin Franklin. They got a problem with my God and that I believe in it, but they don't got a problem with the money when they spend it. They're so offended by four words that need no explanation. In God, we trust the motto of this greatest nation. nation. Not just a motto, but something that we truly believe. If you don't like it, you can pack Pack a bag bag and you can leave. And f- you, dude. Like I said, this came out 20 years ago. Uh, as a country, we're, we were in kind of a different place. But we're seeing now a lot of the repercussions of a vast majority of people legitimately believing this and saying that they follow God. That for some reason, that's a package deal with this kind of thinking. Yes. And I forget about cannot- it. Cannot. <laughs> 
handle it. <laughs> and I swear to God, if I have to listen to another song that's even remotely like this, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're so fired up because like it makes me feel so much better about any time that I've critiqued a song or had like taken issue philosophically with something. I um, thank you. Kyle. Right. Right. Thank, thank right. you for because, being the mad because, guy. Because normally <laughs> I'm just the vibe guy and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. He said quarters. Quarters are funny. <laughs> dollar and holler. Yeah. Dollar and holler. That's super funny. But I'm like, no, f- you, f- <laughs> you, f- you f- for making me like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, and, and I, I, I can't articulate. Well, I will say there there have been other people that that can like articulate what's wrong with this song um, in a very like well composed way and talk through it. But I just got so angry. I got so mad, so <laughs> mad because who gives a fuck? Just the whole idea. They want the motto taken off the Benjamin Franklin. They got a problem with my God. And but they don't get offended when they spend the money. It's just like this whole idea of thinking that it, the whole like us versus them thing has obviously not been helpful. Has nope. not moved our country forward in any way. And sorry, um, I'm gonna calm down a little bit. <laughs> hey, Callan, can you just step to the left just a just a smidge? I'm gonna take this soapbox. Oh, please, 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 thank you. Please take me off the soapbox because I'm about to fall off of it. Yeah, you're good, man. We helped you back down. You're safe now. If I would remember that this song was on this record, I wouldn't have been so like <laughs> hot to trot about like, let's do fireproof. Like, guys. yeah, I can't yeah. wait to revisit it. Josh, I'm so- Josh, I'm so sorry. You're like literally one of my best friends. And I legitimately got mad at you while I was listening to this. <laughs> I didn't even remember that this was For, like just though. a second, you know, and, and then like like the red cleared. And I was like, no, I mean, this is like this is what we do on this podcast. And <laughs> But there was like a second where I was like, fuck Josh, what do you, why are you making me listen to this? But I know you didn't. And I love you very much. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I got angry at you for a second. I'm not angry at you because you didn't write this song. So then the question becomes, Josh, do you have anything to say to defend this song? Man. Do you want to try to? I wrote in here. I don't want to even get into all the religious and political implications of this song. It's also the worst one, so I don't really want to defend it, is verbatim what I have written. And those are the only two notes I okay. have. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt for like meaning well. I understand there's obviously so much wrapped up in that. And for I sure. do remember the time whenever it was like growing up in the mid-2000s at, in the Christian culture when like them wanting to like the news of like they want to take in god we trust off the dollar bill and like out of that seemed like the biggest problem that we were facing right exactly and i was like it's hilarious which is hilarious and honestly like seems like nice that that was like it's very quaint yes exactly yeah yeah. Yeah. so and i remember like as a kid being like no what why would they do that like come on that's what our nation was founded right no exactly i sympathize with this probably more than i would like to um now my perspective and my appreciation and ability to listen to other people of different viewpoints <laughs> has increased a lot so i'm like this is pretty is a lot so it's I, pretty problematic it's a right? little yeah like it gets pretty problematic yeah and so i don't know this is way more political than i expected us to and we're not even like Dude, as political know, as we I could know. be so yes but like, yeah this 
this is going to be the extent. I of think this is a healthy amount like for like for for the for song sure. really brought it upon itself. So <laughs> we're not going yes. out of our way. It is a terrible song. So I I want to give the benefit of the doubt, and I remember the times that he was talking about. But yeah, does not age right. well. And, well. And that's something that I keep having to like remind myself of like where were we at culturally in 2002 and like as Christians like what did what did like the Christian community at large kind of feel in 2002 I'm just mad because like I said whereas 20 years ago this seemed relatively harmless I've kind of seen it actively become like like this point of view uh, just sort of twist and and warp, especially literally the only time I will ever say anything remotely like this on the podcast, post-Trump, the effects of this kind of thinking. And I think it's incredibly harmful. And I really genuinely hate this song with every fiber of my being. <laughs> well, before Kylan gets further from himself, what if we jump to track 11 <laughs> further from myself? I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call. This might be our most alienating episode in general <laughs> for a I don't multitude know, of reasons. Cashew poops, some oh, really no. triggering oh, uh, this is content. Way, so. way worse than cashew poops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last track, Further From Myself. I read this felt, feels like diet system of a down. Oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> Nailed so it. so perfect. I just couldn't with the lyrics. Musically, I like what this song is trying to do. I'm not sure it quite pulls it off, but I I see what it was going for. And I, I like it being like a little bit of a different kind of sound to kind of wind the record down. For sure. You guys want to see my notes on this one? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Kylan move right there. <laughs> That is 100% a Kylan move. For the listeners at home, it says further from myself, dash, and there's nothing. There's just nothing. Just because you had nothing else after Indivisible or just specifically this song? Uh, Both. Yes to both. Both. Okay. I was tapped out. No, like I'm saying, like that's 100% like like what I've I've done where I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't even listen to the last (laughs) song on this record because I was already checked out. I listened to it. I just, I had no, I had nothing. Sorry. Sorry, folks. I... I get what they're going for, Josh, kind of like you said. And honestly, if the record had a little more of this, and and this seems to be a little more, like, less emphasis on the rap rock. That's true. uh, And probably a little more in line with, like, what this era of rock and roll's version of, like, a ballad is. Mm -hmm. And I could have done with a little more of this, like, sprinkled throughout the record. I agree. I don't know, man. I don't know. I only have two notes on that song, and one I already said. And the other one is I, I liked, or at least I found interesting the line, the reaction of the dissatisfaction of others' actions, and which I've like, that's a really roundabout way of, and I had to like think about it for way long to be like, wait, he's just talking about what does that actually like mean? That's a really, right. that's a very like ten dollar way to say something that is just a one dollar statement right well, idea, well yeah. this goes back back to what i was saying like i feel like he kind of like reverse engineered a lot of these rhymes like he just found right. words that rhymed and then tried to fit in like oh how can i actually make this say something it's fine it's uh 
it's not offensive. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's got that going for it. I remember this being really big. They did like, I think they even did a further for myself EP. And then there was like a video where they're playing like a, almost like a MTV unplugged kind of situation where they're like playing acoustic and there's like candles everywhere. And they're was it sitting like Lifeway unplugged. It was basically that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember that being a big thing. So this song, I think after this record came out and like with the re-release, I think it, was a bigger one for them and maybe helped them transition into that more rock sound and just away from the rap. But it was never one that I was really ever really into. Well, guys, we did it. Oh, we did it. All we right. listened to Josh's favorite sort of. album of all time. <laughs> Fireproof. Most favorite album. By Pillar. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to my favorite. I love getting to share <laughs> the, my favorite things with my friends. Nothing brings me more joy. Well, okay. I just like, I, I, I'm just like. That's my favorite moment on this episode. <laughs> that right there. <laughs> so earnest. C.S. Lewis says, a joy is not fully realized until it is shared. And that is what I got to do on this episode. Thanks, Mr. Narnia. Yep. Could have said it better myself. Thank oh, that's you. Great. <laughs> I'm sorry I got mad at you for making me listen to Indivisible. <laughs> I can the rest of the record was relatively innocuous, but when that song came on, I was just like, oh no. (laughs) Echelon is nothing compared to Indivisible, though. (laughs) No, for sure. For sure. Indivisible, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, is literally the worst song I've ever listened to in my entire (laughs) life. So we've. I know I have a tendency to be hyperbolic. Do you think we'll encounter anything else of that caliber? In this podcast, I have to think we will. I have to think so too. I don't, man. Oh, really? I think you are underestimating. I'm just uh, wishful I'm thinking. I'm too optimistic. I'm just going to stop there. I think you're underestimating. <laughs> I'm with you on that, TJ. <laughs> oh boy, we'll see. Well, maybe we should just do some na- some '90s albums for a while. Maybe we should uh, regress a little bit. Clear of like 2002 to 2005 for a hot second. So. Yeah, let's get down to it, (laughs) y'all. Was this record a flop or a bop? I think I should go last because I'm the only one that people will be like, I wonder what he'll say. Well, okay, didn't I say this was going to be a bop in the the first part? Because I didn't know. I was young. I was I was basically like a 19 year old. Yeah, 19. So naive. (laughs) I was so naive. Yeah. Okay. so. Like I said, this feels like Axe Body Spray and Call of Duty manifested in an auditory form. For most of it, that's like relatively innocuous for me. I had no major problems with the album. It was like, it was goofy, lyrically, uh, musically, it was mostly like pretty samey. And it had the possibility of like maybe squeaking by for a bop. Because it's like it's new metal, like you kind of know what you're getting in for. Uh, but then Indivisible came on, and I got really hyped up when I heard the music. And then the lyrics started, and I've got to flop this album, guys. <laughs> I've, I've just got to. I know as the wild card here, we didn't really know where I was going to land. Well, I guess I, I guess I, I think you guys all kind of figured out where I was going to land from. The very beginning. Um, but I am going to flop it. I am also, though, however, going to talk about the 2008 Kirk Cameron film Fireproof. How does the movie fare versus the album? Compared to this album, Fireproof the movie is the fucking godfather. 
Kirk Cameron's crowning achievement. You heard it here. And folks. that's a movie. That's a movie about about Kirk Cameron like fighting fires and being addicted to porn. I will put on the movie Fireproof and maybe have a drinking game and like enjoy it for how terrible it is. This I can't even do that. Uh, indivisible is indefensible. Ooh. Four more beers. Nice. Four more beers. Yeah, that baby. was a good sound. That was a good sound clip, right? That, that was, was. very nice. Well done. All right, TJ. So. I predicted that I would flop this album and I am flopping this album. Uh, 100%. I am so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Yeah. I wasn't ever mad at you, Josh, but Thanks, kind of as I've alluded to over the episode, I have just been very meh this whole time. There were the moments lyrically that we've already touched on that were really disgusting to me. And I think I was so frustrated by them that I didn't have any feelings like I I just froze and so thanks Kylan for having my feelings for me no problem I don't like it by the way I don't like being a feelings guy tell me about it man (laughs) thanks for uh, giving me the day off and uh, and yeah this album flops hard (laughs) Josh Josh buddy pressure bud yeah only being like our beautiful producer and the one that forced your friends to listen to this I album know, and I then did. spend two hours listening <laughs> to them shit on your favorite album of all time. Of all hey, time. How do you feel about time. it now? Okay, this was a really big album for me, like I said though. So it was it was like my first foray into like something harder. But I I, get I do that. feel no, I do feel I, a I, lot of like guilt of like I feel like it was a lot of me being like Let's listen to Fireproof, guys. It'll be fun. No, and I mean, I've, that's I've, not that I've, at all for y'all. Like, I've, I, I've been looking forward to this for a long time, too, because regardless of how you feel about, like, new metal in general, the fact that, like, I didn't really listen to this album when it came out, it was nevertheless, like, a really big album, you know? And so it was inevitable that we, uh, <laughs> that, that we cover it someday and you know it's coming up it's it's 20 years old now and not naive anymore it's not naive it's 20 it's no longer 19 it's no longer naive so we can't give it the benefit of the doubt it's got everything figured out now yeah i don't know i'm just like i'm i don't know this may go back a little bit to you know the fact that we we've kind of talked to some extent about this on podcasts that the three of us have like guested on of like how we all like really love each other and really like respect each other. I'm not actually mad that you were excited for us to cover this album. I'm glad we got the opportunity to. I'm sorry I got so heated. I apparently have a tendency to do that. (laughs) But I am curious whether you flop or bop this album in 2022. Yeah, Josh, really? We're here for your assessment of this album. 100%. And and, 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 I re- and, I, and I respect it either way. You respect it either way? I need that in I writing. do. Okay, cool. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do want to start off with, I have a little bit of assessment on the track listing, which I've talked about many times. Because, yeah, this was weird. I mean, it's not many times where you get an album that has a completely different track list from when it first released. Like maybe you'll get a song or something like that. Switch around or like a bonus song interjected into like, this is now the new track four or something. So that was really weird because I grew up listening to the 2002 version and the 2002 mix. So there were differences in the mixes, Mm -hmm. um, differences in the track list. I do think what the 2003 track list does better is spreading out the better songs because the 2002 track list, everything is front loaded tracks one through seven are really cool, really fun. 
And then the last four songs, super forgettable. And I never, like, I remembered right. them once they came on, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's there's a reason why I wasn't into this song when I was 12. With that said, I prefer the 2002 mix and the 2002 track list with the acknowledgement that the last, that it leaves the last four songs really hanging instead of like, mm-hmm. it would have been a good EP. It would have been say. a good EP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say that. That's a bingo card. Yeah. I know. So, okay. So with this, I'm like, does this album have flaws? Yes, definitely. Does this album sound dated with a genre I don't listen to much anymore? Yes. As the now more knowledgeable, someone who thinks they, they listen to good music, have good taste, the the indie hipster in me wants to be like, no, I listen to The National and the War on Drugs now. Like, this album is right, an right. easy flop. But in all truth, when I listen to it again, and once again, I put it on while I was mowing, which I feel like is maybe the best way to experience this when you're not For listening sure. to it. Besides playing Call of Mountain Duty. Mountain and Call of Duty. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So just throwing it on while mowing, I had more fun on this album than I had not fun on this album. Because okay. I had like, there's sense. 11 songs on this album. Six of them I liked when I was like listening to them. Like, oh yeah, I remember this song. Like, it's right. fun. I remember the lyrics of this. It's sure, it's new metal every song sounds basically the same but right if if there's no nostalgia easy flop easy flop but this was a big album for me and i had a lot of right. nostalgia and i was able to relive that and enjoy it for what it was i enjoyed those six songs more than i disliked the five songs on there even okay. dragging us through indivisible and all that stuff which <laughs> we've covered Ad nauseum. Um, but I got to say, I'll stick to my guns and I'll say it is it is barely a bop, but a bop nonetheless. Okay. Cool. All right. Man, here I was thinking we would be indivisible. Oh, I know. I divisible us, guys. But we are not. You divis- div- devised. Thank us. God we're not indivisible. <laughs> I'm happy with all the division. I'm uh, glad that you guys are still going to accept me. And my critical analysis moving forward, even with for sure a bop on tape for fireproof. Well, guys, the thing is, like, I'm gonna have us cover jump five, and you know I'm gonna give that a bop. Like, I'll I have no like to stand on. <laughs> wow. I can't wait for that. I I bet you can. I can't wait for TJ to bop that record. Yeah. TJ's I, gonna bop it. For sure. Well, let's just see. You, you're gonna bop it. You think you know? I'm very curious. At some point in the podcast, you're gonna surprise me with a bop, and I don't oh, yeah. know. Uh-huh. I have no expectation on what it could be. So I'm, I'm genuinely mind. looking forward to it, whenever mm-hmm. it does happen. Yeah. So Josh, yeah, your analysis like that makes a lot of sense to me. And like I said, honestly. If Indivisible and Echelon weren't on this record, it would be innocuous enough for me that I I could give it a bop. I could let it squeak by. You could by. fall either way on it. I could let it squeak by, be like, yeah, sure. You know, it's new metal. It is what it is. It's fine. But I just could not stand those two songs in particular to the point that I I would give it a double flop if I could. <laughs> Well, you know what, Kylan? Those two songs are not just a motto, but there's something that they truly believe. And if you don't uh, like it, you can pack a bag and you can leave. You, John Voigt. Like, this no, I'm not going to pack James a bag now. and leave. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you guys next time. We're going to gondolier our way out of here. 
<laughs> See you later. Oh, we still uh, live in life. Fortissimo. Fortissimo. Yes. I okay. Oh, you know what? That is one good thing that came out of this album is we're definitely gonna make a t-shirt that says "Live in Life Fortissimo." Fortissimo. Peace out, Monfers. <laughs> <laughs>